and welcome back to the Weekly Dish. We are in hour two of the program. I'm Stephanie Hansen. Hey, from, Steph March. Yeah. From, I, be, I, <laughs> from my I talk, stepped right on that for you. Something. Right. I'm out there. You're out there. Um, and thank you for being with us today. It is a great day for getting out there in the summer and the summer eating. I actually went to the Naughty Greek again, Stephanie, and had that same... Tray. What is the tray that we get? It's just a platter. It was so fantastic. It's just the the euro platter, the pork, I you know euro platter. I'm kind of ruining the lead here because I'm going to make that my top two an hour two. Hope oh. go ahead. Give me the old one, one, two, one, two. And now the weekly dish presents top two, top two, the top two. Pick your best two in hour two. All right, give me two with him, with him, with him. All right, so sometimes after the show, Stephanie and I get hungry and we go eat at the Naughty Greek. And I never order the right thing because I really like the meat, but I also love they've got a Greek salad that's not salad at all. It's just tomatoes and onions and feta and olives and cucumbers. And it's just this chunky, delicious salad. So I kind of want that, but I also want tzatziki and I want the bread and I want the gyro meat, the pork. Yep. So Stephanie told me how to order. Do you know exactly? Is it the platter? Yeah, I think. What do you order when you go there? Because it's it's the thing I wanted. It's the platter. It's just basically the pork gyro or the you know the gyro meat with on a pita, and then I get a side salad instead of fries, and so you get this mound of beautiful greens tossed with you know vinaigrette, and there's a little bit of red onion and some feta in there, and then you get the tzatziki on the side. Uh, Naughty Greek has two locations. They have one over on University up by Snelling Avenue, across from the Whole Foods there at the corner, uh, across from Rose Street Patisserie. And then they also have one on University Avenue um, right by Raymond. So that's one of my top two in hour twos is the Naughty Greek. All right. One of my top twos on the hour two is actually I'm going to start off with uh, that Rocky is playing at Lake Nokomis tonight. And that's my thing about movies outside. It's the summer. In summer, it's Minnesota law that you have to at least watch one movie outside. Sorry. That's the rule. If you want your Minnesota card, you have to earn it. Okay. okay. So tonight, if you're thinking about going to Rocky at Lake Nokomis, because that's kind of a fun thing to do, um, and it's going to be a gorgeous night for you guys. Here's what I'm going to. Here's my tip: you got to go to Fat Lorenzo's beforehand. Oh, I love that. And place. get pickup for your picnic, right? So go to Fat Lorenzo's, get a couple of hot hoagies, get like a meatball sub. They've got an Italian sausage hoagie. They've got one called the steak and cheese, which is a cheese steak. Not called a Philly cheesesteak, but it's a steak and cheese. And that's, I mean, that's an ode to the Italian stallion and the Philly. And I think that's like a cool themed movie and food pairing. So that's my first one. I like it. All right. My second one is a new beer that I had over the weekend that was a really nice lawnmower beer. I was like, oh, I like this beer. It's called the Castle Danger Summer Crush. Castle Danger is a brewery that's up in the Twin Ports area. And it's fruity and kind of light it's a pilsner but it's got a little um actually i don't know if it's a pilsner what it is could it? Be an IPA. Who's is it uh castle danger summer crush oh okay it's in a blue can and it's just perfect it's like the 4.5 percent ish alcohol so a little lower abv tastes good full flavored but lighter Good. Summer Crush by Castle Danger. Super love. Um, okay, so my second one is actually going to be, uh, and I have a bonus third, by the way, too. Okay. Yep. Um, my second one is going to be the fact that tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., is going to be the World Cup Finals. Okay? 
This is the U.S. women's national team playing against the Netherlands for the title that they have earned before they will earn it again. I believe they are the best team in the world. And you would know. I would know because you tell me they're the best. I think they're the best. I'm watching all the games. And sometimes I call Jake and I say, I'm in a meeting and I can't watch the game. I need you to record it. And then I have to avoid (laughs) all social media and run home and watch it and act as if I'm watching it live. I have done that at least once during this uh, this World Cup run. So, super psyched about it. World Cup final uh, tomorrow morning. It starts at 10. Remember that. And uh, to let you know, there are a bunch of places that are going to be open for breakfast. So, Merlin's Rest is my top spot for a choice because they know how to do brekkie. And they do it often. They, do, they, often, er, they open early often for football brekkie. And so, they're opening the pub at 8.30 in the morning. Okay. On Sunday. But I'm also going to throw out East Lake uh, Taco East Lake Craft Brewery in the MGM, Midtown Global Market. Taco Cat is doing a special brunch for the World Cup uh, at East Lake Brewery. So, you can go there, too. There's lots of places. Here's the thing. You're going to want to go and hang out with people because it's going to be a crazy, uproarious time. I think it's just going to be fun. And it sounds fun. Yeah. No, that's it. So, then my second. You haven't. Wait. Did we do two of yours? Yeah, I did Castle oh, Danger did and I did the Naughty Greek. So, so. my third, my bonus is going to be the night market that's happening tonight. And if you are thinking about, you know, maybe tonight is a good night to kind of maybe you're sick of your relatives and your or your family and you want to get out and about. I would say hit up the night market because it is really, really a cool thing in on University Avenue. Excuse me. And it's the Little Mekong Night Market. Tons of good snacks, obviously, but also just lots of great vendors. They've got performances of dancers and local people. It's really great. Um, make sure that you get your spinning wild cotton candy there. Do we know for sure they're there? Uh, probably. They okay. were there last year. They, they were there last the last year for years. sure. Um, but I mean, honestly, you guys, it is one of those great things. It's I'm, I'm not kidding you. They have gotten a crowd of 15,000 people in that space. And it's kind of just, uh, you know, just one of those things. Like, it's so funny that it happens over Fourth of July weekend. So a lot of people tend to be gone. But yet, it's kind of, uh, it's so it's between Macubin or Macubin. How do we say that? Macubin. Macubin. And Galtier Streets along University Avenue. Um, you know, and it's, uh, it's just really, really fun. And there's lots of great stuff. And there's, it's also for a good cause. You know, it's the Asian Economic Development Association that puts it on. And it just sort of gives everybody, um, you know, lots of good stuff. Lots of good top two, an hour two. That's what we got. Yeah, it is. Um, do you have other big, (laughs) we talked, that's, that's okay. Do you, um, have other big, uh, plans that you're going to be executing in the next week? Um, you know, I don't know yet. I haven't really gotten out of vacation mode yet. Can we talk? You have a really good article that I have not read yet, but I know it's posted. Um, that's interesting. Okay. About the, I don't, I want, do we call it an exorcism? No. A spirit no. lifting? What do uh-uh. you call it? Just a cleansing. That happens. Just a cleansing. So, obviously, one of the big things that is sort of happened this last week was the fact that Moochie's is now open in the old space that was Maven. And Tim Niver and his crew have uh, sort of taken, they closed Maven, which was their shot at a deli uh, after 10 months. And we're trying to figure out what to do. You know, they have a lease on the space. And so it's kind of like, you know, either you walk away and it becomes a bad thing or maybe you can do try something else. 
So, uh, a couple, not too long after it had closed, I got a call from Tim Niver saying, hey, do you want to come to a cleansing? And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> you burn sage. Yeah, like, what are we talking about? But I'm, I'm up, you know, I'm up for stuff. So, I went uh, to that space, and there was a man named Rick there, and he... Um, he was a healer. He was from, I think, uh, Green Earth Healing and or Green Tree Healing. And he and his partner, Sandra, were there and talking about how they they were there to change the energy of the space. And that, you know, about how, you know, people feel things in spaces and we as humans have this uh, logical need to push things that we don't understand away and or to categorize them and to just sort of move on from them. You just described my whole life. I know. <laughs> and uh, basically, so anything that you're worried about, you just ignore, you box it and you walk away. Well, it's still there, that energy. And so his point is that, you know, there's a time in the space where maybe, you know, if you acknowledge it and you're open to it, you can take that energy and remove it because it's kind of sitting and festering. So it's not only the fact that there were potentially spirits and ghosts and people, souls trapped in there. There was also a lot of feelings and a lot of energy and a lot of things. So we went into the basement and we cleansed, he cleansed the space and he really brought in the energy. He introduced us to the fact that he was a neutral spirit space. He was neutral. And that meant that he didn't, you know, he wasn't a good or a bad. He was just sort of channeling. Yeah. He presented himself and he made that statement over and over again so that it's welcoming space for, you know, maybe energies that have been caught in between and stuck. And so what he does is he takes them in and then he shows them how to neutralize themselves and move on. And so for his estimation, there were 17 energies, different energy signatures that were sort of trapped in that space. And he said, what can happen is when an energy is frustrated, it creates a negativity that flows upstairs and puts people in bad moods and they don't want to be there and they feel ill at ease and all this kind of stuff. So it was an interesting thing to see him cleanse the space. And again, I, in the piece I wrote about, I talked about how I'm not going to really talk necessarily about how that all went down because it wouldn't, it doesn't translate. You have to really kind of be there. Um, but we came upstairs and he was like, and we did all feel a little bit lighter and there was a sense of like, okay, well, this is interesting, you know? And when you go through that kind of an emotional thing, you find that. But then he said, what was interesting to me, of course, was that he said, he looked at a couple people and said, there's still some stuff that people need to let go. And then he looked at me and he goes, there's something you need to let go. And I was like, what? I'm just here watching. Like, I'm not even a part of this. And then I remembered that this was the space in which, you know, this guy Sterling dumped water on Molly's head in the middle of the room for no reason whatsoever. And it became this thing that we all freaked out about. And, and it was like this weird thing. And this guy just like walked over to our table, stood behind us while we were laughing. I looked up at him and I was like, hey, can I help you? What, what's going on? What's your name? And he goes, I said, who are you? And he goes, I'm your worst nightmare. And he dumps a glass of water over Molly's head. And we just sort of, and then he walks back to his table and sits down. And we're all like, what? And it became this whole thing. Well, I told this to Rick and he said, yeah, well, that was a spirit who has been stuck and didn't want to have your unbridled joy anymore in his space. And so he weird. influenced a person to do that. So, so weird. There it is. You can read the whole story on MSPMag.com. It's kind of interesting, but it is, it is, I mean, you have to kind of, it's, it's your choice, suspension of disbelief and an openness to believe other things. All right. And that is there for you for the reading. We're going to go ahead and take a break and we'll be right back. Thank you. Next, Ariana Grande. I'm Stephanie Hansen. Hey, I'm Steph March. Okay, we're going to talk about this 
I'm not going to give any spoiler alerts, to be clear. Okay. Okay. Have you watched any of the Stranger Things episodes? I'm going to say something really unpopular. You don't like it. That's fine. I started to... I had some TV time last night. I started to watch season two because I've watched season one. Okay. So you haven't gotten into the whole season two. and No. And I just... I opted for Big Little Lies instead. Yeah, that's totally fine. But I love the idea of it all. And I love the kids. I actually watched like five minutes where the kid. Yeah, it was cute. Yeah. I don't know that I'll get there back you, there You're not going to get there. And that's totally fine. Let's just be clear. <laughs> it looks fun, though. I mean, it is a fun show. And what what's more fun is, I think, the fact that I'm sitting there watching the 80s happen yeah you know and it's like there's really funny things that you're like oh my god i totally wish that that I, dress is like 100 percent spot on there like was those bathing suits oh my god there's jazzercise there was all. a piece where he was someone beat his high score at dig dug yeah. and i loved dig dug i was a good dig dugger oh so nice. i think i i think i'll try again just you know, maybe when i'm in a different space yeah no it's just it's kind of one of those things and i would never say that someone has to watch it now but what came up and the best part about it is so season uh three which launched on July 4th is set at the Starcourt Mall. And that is a whole nother thing, right? That you remember like going to the mall, like literally we were talking like, and the scenes of all the people milling about the mall, like right. so packed. <laughs> I literally looked at Jake and like, it really used to be like that. People would spend their entire days like at the mall. Like as a teenager, I got dropped off and picked up from the mall. At the mall. Yeah. And so that was sort of like this interesting thing about, you know, what do you, how does that work? You know, I mean, like Orange Julius. Yes, that's what we ate. That's what we drank. I drank it like so much. I still make that sometimes just with orange juice, vanilla yeah. and a little cream and uh, just whip it up, it up in the bowl. Yeah, well, they still delicious. have Orange Juliuses around. I, they're not, they don't taste the same. They don't taste the same too. There's not as much vanilla. Okay. That's so probably sometimes true. I make them. Um, so I put up, but my best part is, is like that we, I put up the question because I really started thinking about like, what are the things of the eighties? Like what are, oh God, we put a lot of things up today. I have to scroll through to find the question. Um, we have, you know, a lot of things that people ate when you were, and of course we in our forties, it would be the stuff we ate as teenagers. So of course we're going to remember the fun stuff. People on the, uh, on the Facebook page, when I asked, what are your foods, favorite foods and drinks of the eighties? A lot of pizza rolls. Yeah, I ate a lot of pizza, lot of rolls, pizza rolls dipped in sour cream. Yep. A lot of uh, the high C ecto cooler juice boxes. Yeah, from, from the Ghostbusters, <laughs> right? Yep. And uh, yep, they. I love like Lorna says, Totino's Pizza Party, Party Pizza or Red, Red Baron. Remember the boats? Yes. We always had that while watching the Muppets. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> Pudding Pops. Remember the Pudding Pops? Oh, and remember Bill Cosby's Pudding Pop commercials. Yes, so much. So much. So weird. The Grape <laughs> Hubba Bubba Bubblegum. I loved Hubba Bubba. Loved Hubba Bubba. When those big chunks of bubblegum were really fun. Yeah, those big, huge, weird yeah. things. Screaming Yellow Zonkers or Planters Cheese Balls. <gasps> we went through a few epic tons of cheese balls in the day. Yes. Cheese Whiz. <laughs> and olives on Wonder Bread? That's from our buddy Dave. <laughs> That's funny. I do like um, someone put the cheese and crackers. Yes. That yeah. would come in the vending machine with a little red stick. Yes. I ate my fair share of that. I know. I know it. Seriously. Uh, oh, my God. Emily Anderson, you win. Zots. Oh. Remember Zots this with was the fizzy like center? Zots, zingers, zangers. That was kind of the beginning of that whole flavor profile of soury tart. Yes. Remember Tab? Did you ever drink tab? Oh, Stephanie. I drank so much tab, you guys. I'd like to just Unreal paint you a picture. Amounts of tab. Me, 
in a lawn chair, yeah. in a bikini with tinfoil under my face, slathered in baby oil with sunning in my hair yes. and a tab. And a tab. Yep. That's kind of classic. <laughs> that was my summer. This is a weird innovation time, though. You have to remember, like, so we're kind of rolling out of the 50s and 60s and in the 70s. It was like, you know, Betty Crocker and all the rest. But 80s was particularly junk foodie, I think. And I think a lot of it came from Minnesota, from General Mills and Pillsbury. I mean, Toaster Strudel, that happened in the 80s. Pac-Man cereal, Mr. T cereal, all the cereal extensions. Do you remember those? Yes. That's all General Mills. <laughs> yes, I do. I love those. I Cinnamon mean, rolls, remember? Doritos. Cool Ranch Doritos came out in the 80s, and it was a, it was like a whole thing of like, wait a minute, what? Cool Ranch Doritos are fantastic. People love that stuff. What about, do you, when was the last time you ate one? Oh, not too long ago. I have teenage boys. So yeah. we get Dorito pack kind of things all the time. What about Crystal Light? Do you remember Crystal Light? We still drink Crystal no, Light. You don't. Lemonade. Yes, we do. Oh god. My sister brings it to the cabin all the time and it's like a taste memory whenever oh, I drink it. God. Linda, whatever her name from Dynasty, like the ad is like, I believe in Crystal Light because I believe in me. <laughs> Because you can't not believe in you unless you're, you know, dieting. Drinking crystal uh, fruit roll-ups. Those were yes. started in the 80s. Can you believe that? I told Jason Matheson I thought he would smell like or taste like a fruit roll-up. Oh. What? Did, what do you, we talked about, That's like, a- what kind of food do you think you would taste like? Oh. And we started talking about what people... I said like Alexis would taste like peanut arm? butter. You know, like, you just... And, like, the, we said Elizabeth Reese would be, be, like, blueberry, lemon, coffee cake. Okay. Interesting. And you would just be pickly. Oh, like just a big salt dill bomb. pickly salt yep. bomb. I'd be fine to be a salt if you, bomb. What would I be? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we were talking about, yeah, it was a weird conversation, <laughs> but I told JC it was a fruit roll up. Yeah, I don't know. I can't fruit even. Fruit leather. Maybe I want to say a biscuit now, but that's just because we were talking about the biscuits and the strawberries thing. Yeah. Um. What about Capri Sun? Did you ever drink Capri? When that first came out too, when it was, it was like fantastic. in a silver pouch, it was like space age. And that you could just like not have packaging other than the straw, but the straw that you were always jabbing into the packet and yes, it never worked. It never worked. And yeah. it was so And hard. then you would be like, okay, how do I get this open now that the straw is ruined and bent? Yeah. Okay. Here's a great question. What about recipes from the 80s? Now, Pasta Primavera. Huh? Pasta Pasta Primavera. Primavera. What about Sloppy Joe's? There's a lot of Sloppy Joe talk about the 80s. Manwich came out in the... Yeah. Was that a thing? Did you eat those? Why um, did everyone stop eating those? I don't know. I hate them. I've never liked them. They have a really good Sloppy Joe at Eli's. Do they? On Hennepin. Yep, the original one. Yeah, this whole loose meat weird thing that you're trying to contain in a bun but doesn't really contain. And so it's like sauce on bread. Ketchup-y. A good sloppy joe. I don't know why. My mom made it with chicken gumbo. What? So it had like the rice pieces in it with the, the beef. There must have been a recipe. There must have been something. She was like Betty Crocker yeah. bound. You know, she always had those cookbooks. She had a can of chicken gumbo. The ground beef, ketchup, Worcestershire, and that was the Sloppy Joe. Oh, my God. And it was good. Do you remember poppy seed dressing? Like, so much poppy seed. Or Parmesan peppercorn. Oh, Was that 80s? That was very 80s. I, poppy seed dressing is disgusting. Yep. I'm sorry. Yeah. If you make it yourself, it's fine. But it has so much sugar in it, it's just gross. I mean, my God. Yeah, no, that's... I mean, and how about Quisp cereal? Do you remember Quisp? Stephanie, that cereal was fantastic. Oh, it was God, like so the... Peanut butter Captain Crunch, but without the 
kept it just that peanut buttery taste. It was so good. And the discs were bigger, so they held the milk. Yes. Why have, Why did that have to go away? Someone should reissue Quisp. I think they have, actually. I think that might be a post cereal, though, so it's not General Mills. So I don't or think just we can force that. Blueberry, or not blueberry, the Berry Captain Crunch. That was so good. I, yeah. Hubba Bubba, that was a big one. What about, um, well, Hot Pockets. Whatchamacallits. Totina's Pizza Rolls. Whatchamacallits. Did that start it in the 80s? You're I right. felt like it did. You're right. I think that that did. A good whatchamacallit. Gummy worms. Gummy worms. All the gummies started in the 80s. That's like it. The came over from Germany. The Haribo. Is it Haribo? Haribo, which are huge now. My kids all love the Haribo. My sister brought her first packet of gummy worms back from Germany. And we were just like, what is this magic? Oh, my God. Do you remember the the, the weird dip? dip, dip fun stick? dip. Fun dip. That fun was dip. It. I loved fun dip. Yeah. Absolutely. Whenever you got that, that was like, I remember biking down. I remember having, you guys, I remember having... Two dollars and biking down in the summer to Kenny's Market. I went to Kenny's too yep. on my bike Kenny's in Bloomington. That's yep. so funny. And I remember being like, "Okay, well, I can get four candy bars," knowing that they were fifty cents each. Like, yeah, fifty cents for a candy bar. That See, I can remember thing. when candy bars were twenty five cents. Oh, That's God. how much older I am oh, than you. Oh my God! Yeah, well, I tell you, there's a lot of uh, there was a uh, my friend Renee would give me a buck. The entire way, I would sit on the seat and she would stand. Oh yeah, remember? And that? it was far. They do that in. Uh, they do that in Stranger, Stranger Things. Things. Yeah, like I'd get a buck the entire way, yeah. and I would just sit there. Yeah, no, I just remember like like totally looking for. Oh my god, do you remember clearly Canadian? Yes. This and remember New Coke. Obviously, that plays out in Stranger Things, which is there's a great scene with New Coke. That is perfect. I don't I don't want to have any spoiler alerts, you know what I mean? But there it is. All right. So there's your trip down memory lane, chicken and a biscuit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just to put a, put a period on the segment. Just to say, chicken and a biscuit. Chicken That's and a all biscuit. we need. That's it. That's all I need to tell you. That there's some delicious 80s food reference in this Stranger Things. And it just got me thinking. So it's if you want to have a look over on the Facebook, we'll still take your we'll still take your comments and uh, it's good stuff. So there you go. Watch it. It's worth it. We'll be back. Welcome back to the Weekly Dish, brought to you by El Burrito Mercado. I know that they'll have the cojita, cojita, elote. <laughs> okay, they're going to have corn, and it's going to have really good dried cheese on it. Yes. And they're going to have some tahine on it, too. And yes. it's going to be delicious. Uh, that is at El Burrito uh, in St. Paul. And then in Minneapolis, they have the full-service restaurant with brunch on Saturday and Sunday. Yes. Yum, their brunch yum, yum, amazing. Yum. Um, okay, I wanted to just give you guys a little Ely Garden update. As you may or may not remember, last summer my husband built a giant man-sized garden, meaning it's like, uh, it's a giant room of caged-in goodness. The cage, <laughs> it's like six feet tall fence. Yes. Because we didn't want the deer and the bears and all the things to get in it, and it's gigantic. And I remembered when he was making it, thinking, oh, this is just going to be gigantic. We're never going to fill it. Well, we planted. We planted everything the last week of May and then went on a trip for three weeks and came back. And we had no idea because Ely's cold. Yeah, it's cold. And things have started growing. And um, when I got up there this week, I went to the garden and my mother-in-law told me to look for radishes. She said that was usually the first thing. I, I mean, plenty of you have probably had this experience, but... I like having lifting up the little greens of radish and seeing the top of a red radish coming out of the ground <laughs> that we planted from a seed. I got like emotional. I almost cried. Oh my God. It was very exciting. Very and I don't exciting. even really love radishes. I like them roasted, 
they're fine with, we served them with butter and salt I as a happy hour. Yeah. It. But I was just like, this is so great. You can make things in the ground from seeds and they grow. Is this, I mean, you've grown things before. I don't know. Like, I buy tomato plants. I buy. But it's the same idea. But the idea of like growing it from a seed and okay. then it came out as this like beautiful round red radish. Yeah. And all we had to do is just put it in the ground and kind of look at it. We didn't yep. even really water it. Well, that's... Now we're watering like <laughs> yeah, crazy. Yeah, I was but... going to say that that's a whole... I mean, that was a little bit of luck, too. Yeah. You know. So it was just... It was super fun. So the garden is in full swing. So I pulled the radishes, and then I planted immediately another row, because I had some seeds left. Yeah. I have some gardening questions for you, though. Okay. I I sort of tried to harvest lettuce and arugula and spinach. We have it all. Do you... I don't know. Like, do you just pull the whole clump out? Do you cut it at the base? Do you pick off leaves? I pick off leaves. I pick off leaves in sort of a pattern that I can, and then they should sprout more. In the middle? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I usually go around, I go in like kind of chunks around the sides, and then it'll just, it'll keep sprouting. Okay. I think I have ruined some, because I don't think I did that right. Okay. But I know you can replant lettuce yeah, and we have some more seeds because that's supposedly people said you can just regrow that all summer long. Yeah, The arugula was great, but a bug got at it. So it was holy, but it Mm. tasted fantastic. Yeah. And they said that that reseeds. Yeah. So. Oh, not every. I mean, yeah. I mean, like it'll it'll come. There'll be more coming. Yeah. How do I. You you have to replant it next year, but you're not. You know what I mean? Unless you do your own seeds from it, I guess. I don't okay. know how to do that because I eat it all the time. So do you just cut it and then it keeps growing? Yeah. Do you just cut it at the top or at the bottom I, I or again picking leaves? Pick leaves off okay. of that. I think I might have screwed this up, but and that's then okay. Sometimes I let that go. I let those go for a little while because I want the flowers because those are also tasty. Oh. So I eat the flowers off the arugula. So okay. I let so I kind of let some of them spindle up. Okay, I like that. And then you'll also get later more leaves after that. Okay, next question. Okay. I had all of these beans mm-hmm. that are climbing beans, um, that peas, excuse me, yeah. peas, climbing peas. And I remembered when I had a firm share that they would give us the pea shoots and I made pesto out of them. But I don't think these were pea shoot worthy because they just didn't taste that very pea like. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I could make pesto with these, but it would basically end up being like cheese and garlic flavored. Yeah. So I didn't save those. So I thinned out the peas, but mm-hmm. now I'm getting white flowers. Does that mean that that's where a pea is going to come? I usually for vining things, that's how that works. I don't know about peas because I've never grown okay. peas. So 651 or tweet me at Stephanie's Dish if anybody knows about the peas. But, but I mean, that's usually it with, you know, with herbs when they flower, it's done. You know what I mean? You want to kind of nip the or the flowers off the top of your basil and your thyme and everything else. Um, because then it won't grow anymore. But for like squash and vining things, the flower is where the the fruit comes. The, yeah, that's so. That's what I thought. Yeah. So I've got the peas. I made a little like ladder with string and stakes, and yeah. so now the peas have something to climb on. So yeah, that's yeah, good. yeah. Um, beets. How do you know when the beets are done? I don't. I've never grown beets. Oh, okay. Yeah, but they they seem to me to be the same root you know, like a tuber type thing so that you have to just kind of wait until they pop up from the soil. You can kind of see the tops of them. Yep. That's how you can gauge that. Okay. Cause I have beet greens. Yeah. That are fluffy, big ones. Yeah. So maybe there's a beet under there that I should check. Yeah, I would check. Okay. Um, also onions. I've got like green 
scalliony things. Yes. But does that mean the onion is done underneath? It depends on what kind of onion you grew. I had three kinds. I don't know. Okay. Okay. So I think I just have to dig one to see. Yeah. I think okay. it's okay to kind of take, you know, pull it across and then like push it back. You know what I mean? You can rebury yeah. it. You don't have to worry too hard about that. Okay. All right. Good yeah. to know. Cause I was like, oh, I, mean, I don't know. I've, yeah. I guess I've always done that. Like I had green onions and I was like, is this, is this it? Is this, we're ready now? And, and then I was like, not ready. And so I covered them back up and they kept growing. Yeah. Okay. Um, what else do I have? I have a cucumbers and those are starting to flower. Yep. So I got all excited about that because now those are going to go all over the place. Yeah. Do you train those up or I could don't. you? I don't. I You could. Yeah. When I had lemon cucumbers, I had a whole trellis system that they would climb up and I had strings that they would vine around. And you definitely can do that. I lately I've been it depends on the size of the cucumber you're growing to, because if you do too big of ones, it you know, it'll be too hard to sustain on, you know, with gravity and such. So you keep them kind of low. Yeah, I think these are like if, your garden variety. Cucumbers. If sm- well, and if you only want to have small cucumbers, like maybe you're only doing pickles kind of thing with them, like small pickles, then you you could train them up, too, because then you were going to grab them before they Can get too you- big. The big, this is a really dumb question. The big kitchen cucumbers that you buy at the store, yeah. the waxy ones. Yeah. If you pick those small, I know they're dill pickly, or they're, you can they're, dill them you, and make them can, a pickle. Yeah. But are they done growing if you pick them when they're dill pickle size? Well, there are certain ones that are meant to grow, be grown to be harvested before they grow big. But, and I don't know, you know, like I have some that are growing that are specifically small and French so that I can make cornichon. Okay. So those are not going to get like huge, but then there are ones that you can just pick, you know what I mean? As long as they've got that right size, but then you also don't want to get them too big because then they kind of lose the flavor. Yes. Yes. Okay. So that is the garden update. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm acting like you're an expert, but no, you're and the, I'm not. you and Elizabeth and Reese knows. are my touchstones. Everyone knows I am not. Okay. Seriously. I feel like I need to give you a van update. Too. Okay. Van update. Let's so this do is it. The Wonder Bread van on Instagram. And I need to get into my husband's account so I can post more pictures. But we have bought the toilet. We have a, a toilet in the van. We have a composting toilet situation. So yep. that the toilet arrived. We had to buy a new refrigerator, which I'm so happy we did. Okay, good. Because the old refrigerator was going to be really gross. To and clean out and just, everything else. Ugh. But you found one that fits in the same space? Yes. And it has a little tiny freezer Having a drink at six o'clock with ice on the road is really fantastic. Yeah. Not that you're driving after that, but um, so having a little ice tray. But as we have started working on the camper, he installed a new moon roof um, so that we get a little more air in there because it's hot. I've got all of a sudden I have to like figure out what are the things kitchen wise that I need. Right. So. I am trying to figure out what is the essential things you need in the kitchen. Okay. And I've got it down to, I think, like eight things. First of all, do you use cast iron or do you use like stainless steel for cooking? Like I need a good pot. Yeah. And then like sometimes we might be camping. So I was like, I really probably want a cast iron then. But then roaming around in the van, like will the cast iron pan be falling out of things? So I've got it. I'm going to do cast iron, but I'm going to get like a rubber mat that will hold things in place, I think. Mm-hmm. So here's what this. Also bungee cords. Oh, yeah. Just I get some just bungee, bungee it down. Mm-hmm. A full size chef knife. You yep. need that. Yep. Um, a cutting board. And they have like wooden cutting boards that they string across the sink. So you have more cutting area. Yeah, I love that. And then they also use some plastic ones that they can put like on a table. 
Um, I've been researching this because I have to actually decide, do I need to buy these things or can I find them in my existing kitchens and cobble something together? Um, Trivets, I guess, are very important and cork because then again, it holds things when you're moving. Yeah. And also so that you're, yeah, because it's not exactly like stainless surfaces. Right. And then like, I was like, oh, I'll just use mason jars for things like rice and beans and we're only going to be in this thing for a month. So I'm having a hard time also understanding like, how much cooking will we do? Yeah. I don't know. Um, so reusable plastic containers they talk about, which I could always use those at home. Yeah. Then there's this thing that's called a drying mat that absorbs the water when you wash the dishes. Yeah. And it can also be used as a base for the cutting board to keep it from sliding around. There's all these like little handy t- tricks of things that serve two purposes. Yeah. I have a drying mat. You do? Yeah. Okay. I've never mm-hmm. had one of those. It yeah. seems like I need one of those. Yeah. It's actually under my cutting board in the kitchen. But it's so that also when I like wash things, like when I'm spraying things out of the sink and I, and I, it, so it like the wood doesn't get all warped underneath. Yeah. It absorbs it so that you oh, don't have to, because okay. I have wood counters too. Yeah. I totally need that. Mm-hmm. Um, did you know that you can get, and I don't know, like, am I going to need measuring cups? Am I going to be baking? I doubt it. I doubt you're going to be baking and you can eyeball stuff. Even I was were. like, I don't even use measuring cups really at home yeah. unless I'm making cookies or something. Yeah. And I'm not going to be making cookies on the road. Is there an oven or just a... Ta- uh, an oven. There is an oven. It's a weird little oven. A little convection-y thing? I don't know. Okay. I haven't looked at it. Weird. The van is also very hot. Gas. So I try to spend as little time in it as possible right yeah. now. But it, next week is the cleaning. Okay. Kurt doesn't know it yet, but... Oh. <laughs> I need... Maybe he's, he does he's, He thinks it's clean. Yeah. It's not. So, yeah, I need to clean it. I need to order bedding. I need to figure out what we're going to do for drapes. Yeah. He's fine with the whole world seeing him naked, but I'm like, yeah, that's not going to be great if we're in you a campground cute, next to some little kid. You want cute little, like, cafe yes. curtains. And I want, like, little lemons on them, I think. Okay. So, yeah, that's the van update. Okay. First trip uh, is going to be July 20th, just a little road trip to test her out. Okay. For a weekend at a friend's, and then the inaugural trip September. So, Wonder Bread van. There it is. It's all fun. I love it. We'll be right back. We are the Weekly Dish, and we appreciate that you have spent your Saturday with us. Thank you. Yes. Hopefully you're gearing up to have more relaxing happening. Good eating, good times, good foods, all the good things. Good times. Good times. Right. Um, Um, How about the corner table? uh, How about the corner table? Seriously? It's been a great place for lots of celebrations. Mine, yours, lots of folks in the Twin Cities, they've done a great job there. Yeah. Uh, they're going to be closing it's and just, just time. doing the next thing. Eight years, was it? I think so. I think 10 years. If you can get to 10 years on a restaurant, that's a fantastic run. Eight years is close. Well, and you got to consider that, you know, it was Corner Table was in the old revival spot first mm-hmm. and then was created by, you know, uh, Scott Pampoo. The Pampoo. And it was uh, something of a thing it was a little bit more farmy and a little bit more you know tabley when uh, it started and then nick rancone and and um thomas bamer took it over and sort of changed it turned it moved it and it became this beautiful neighborhood eatery that was refined and beautiful and karen tomlinson took over once thomas got to be busy with other things and i think it has just been a beautiful place ever since yep. i just it's just that it's as far as like you know where things need to be and and the busyness of things it it just isn't making i think the right amount of monies and are people dining in that way where they're doing multiple course 
I think they are. I think they are. I, I don't see it as any different than Spoon and Stable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and also Jones in the Park is yeah. doing a three-course pre-fee, too. You know, it's probably just as far as it goes, time to move into something else for them. And so what they're going to do is they're going to close it at the end of the month, so end of July, and then they're going to redo it in some way, shape, or form. So again, like the Moochie situation, it'll come back from the same owners as something else. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling that they're going to put a bar in the space because of that they haven't really had a bar. They've had a kitchen bar, but they haven't had right. like, a drinks bar. And that's so very important these days. And now that the liquor licenses are opening up, that's something that is more feasible for them. Yeah, that makes sense. So I think they're probably going to do that. They'll probably come back with something more casual, but still ingredient driven, you know, and I'm excited. I'm excited to see. I loved Corner Table. It informed so many of my birthdays and so many of my L2 moments with the ladies that I, I, I'm almost not even really focusing on it because I can't deal. What about Karen uh, Tomlinson? Do you think that she'll stay on yeah, board? Do we I know? Because she's really a great chef, too. Yeah, I think she'll stay on with the new concept, whatever happens. Okay. Um, she's a huge talent. They'd be silly to let her go. She is a huge talent. I just want to remind you, if you're interested in the El Burrito Mercado anniversary dinner that they're going to be having out on their patio, they're having a fiesta with a shrimp buffet and mariachi that's going to be coming up. You can go to their website and get tickets for that. Um, they were originally going to charge $50, but they decided to charge 35 after all was said and done. So you'll be able to get those tickets if you want to join in their family fiesta. Sounds good. Also, there's the fourth annual Northeast Food Truck Rally that's going to be coming up um, with Killer Bands and Able Seed Brewing, and I think it's next week. Okay. Um, again, a couple of the other things we want to talk about, uh, Falls Landing did, has opened. Did we talk about that? No. Down in, uh, Cannon Falls. I think oh, we did talk about JD that. Oh, J.D. Fratsky's yep, spot. J.D. Fratsky's yep. spot opened. Supper Club. Right. Um, and that is, uh, that's all that's good stuff. Um, again, with the, uh, n- little, ne- uh, you know what? The Mekong Night Market, just, I wanted to let you guys know it's not only tonight, it's tomorrow night too. Okay. Awesome. So it is both Saturday and Sunday. Today it goes from 5 p.m. till midnight. Tomorrow it goes from 3 p.m. till 10 p.m. So just so you're, if you're looking for that kind of fun stuff. Excellent. Yep. That's good stuff. Um, so you're going to do the night market. Yes. And then again, if you're doing movies and music in the park, you can go to Rocky tonight at Lake Nokomis. Go get your Fat Lorenzo's thing. You know, big old sub hoagie. Quick question for you that came on the Ask Stephanie. Semi-private dining for 10. Quiet restaurant to do a 50th wedding anniversary. Italian, American, Western suburbs or downtown Minneapolis? Um, or French. Or French? Yeah. Why don't they go to Grand anything. Cafe? They have that back room. That oh, that is a nice table. suggestion. Totally great. Like, that is a, that's a marquee table back there, too. Grand Cafe, for sure. Um... Italian, I would say, uh, I don't know. What is, is that urban eatery Maybe, yeah, I was in Nokomis? No, I would say Italian eatery. Thank you. I.E. They have a cute little back room, too. That would be a great one. That is close to Nokomis. That's a great little spot. They have a great patio, too, mm-hmm. by the way. That would be lovely. Um, yeah. That's okay. I think about that. So that was a question that came in. Um, did you know, by the way, that it's National Fried Chicken Day with your recipe giving and stuff? No, I, know. I didn't. I'm I know. on trend for you once. You are super on trend. So the funny thing about that is, I think, and I don't pay attention to those kind of things, but they, uh, but that's there. It is Happy Fried Chicken Day. Yeah. So there you go. Okay. We'll be back next week. All right, everybody. Ciao, ciao.